Happy, happy Sunday, uh, and we want, do want to honor all the people in the military. Um, uh, if we can just for a second, all the campuses, give them a standing ovation uh, and just give them a, a honor them one more time, because I just want to honor them myself. Amen. 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 Uh, I can't encourage you enough, not only this weekend and Tuesday, but any day for the rest of your life when you see someone in the military, just go say thank you. Because if you haven't served, which I have not, uh, we don't understand what it is they deal with, uh, with being where they go, doing what they do, uh, being away from their family, their family having their family away from them and not knowing what's going on. And um, I can't imagine what that is like. I just know it's not good and not pleasant. Uh, I also want to acknowledge all the people in the military who are undercover, uh, the Navy SEALs and Special Forces, people in our community that they're really undercover and they, and they deal with even darker stuff and their families deal with darker stuff. We have some in our church and we want to say thank you to, you know who I'm talking to right now, watching right now, and that uh, we appreciate what all of you do and all the stuff that we don't even know about, but we know it's intense. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a war movie fanatic. I've seen Lone Survivor and Active Val probably 20 times each a night. <laughs> uh, I just can't imagine. I have ultimate respect for all those men and women who serve in our military and, and the things they do. So thank you very much. Um, we say it almost every week and we really mean it. So, and all the people around the, around the country. We actually have a micro site of our church in Hawaii and the, mil the military in Hawaii at 8 o'clock service. So, man, I wish I was at that one right now. So, <laughs> so, anyway, thank you very much. Let's all get on our knees and pray. Lord, thank you for being God and thank you for being who you are and thank you that no one sitting in this room is God. Thank you that no one we've ever met at school or at our job or in our family is God. That you alone are God and you alone are worthy of our worship. And we thank you for that and we honor you and we pray that today we can learn more about how to honor you and cause your name to be honored and cause your name to be holy. Acknowledge your name to be holy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Say word. word. One more time, Rock Church, East County, North County, San Ysidro, Microsite. Say word. word. Very good. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. First New Testament book. And I want to continue to encourage you to come on time. I want to give a shout out to all the people who came on time. Amen. And on time means in your seat one minute before we start. So you get all the worship. Ready to go. Next week we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to get, I'm going to be praying that God will stir your heart and prepare you for next week. And to bring a friend, and hopefully you're praying every day. Uh, if you're new, we've been challenging the church to pray every day 15 minutes. 
And there's a little uh, format on the back of your lesson plan that is in your bulletin that you can use to help you get through that 15 minutes in a productive manner. Uh, if you're not praying, then don't ever complain to God for anything. I'll say it again. If you're not praying and doing what God asks you to do, don't ever complain to him about anything. Because you're saying I could do it by myself. That's all I got to say about that. What, what, what did Forrest Gump say? Uh, uh, what did he say? He said, that's all I got to say about that or something like that. I don't know what he said. Forrest Gump was, a, this is my opinion, my opinion don't mean a whole lot, but to me, out of all the people on TV, that was the coolest brother ever in any movie in my life. That brother was smooth. Loved that dude. He was a Christian. He lived like a Christian. Straight up. That dude was the bomb. Anyway. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I love Forrest Gump. Um... Whenever you pray in Jesus' name, and we all pray and we always say Jesus' name at the end, and we think that because Jesus said, if you pray in my name, whatever you ask for in my name will be done for you. We think we can just pray whatever and just say in Jesus' name and then it will happen. And unfortunately, that's not true. It's not, that it's not true. It's true what Jesus said. It's just not true how we do it. Because before praying in Jesus' name can mean anything, you have to hollow his name. And we've been studying the Lord's Prayer. And the very first verse of the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now we learn and learning that God's names represent his identity. They represent his character. They represent promises or commitments he makes to take care of us. One of his names is Yahweh Jireh, the Lord provides. He provides. Yahweh Shema, the Lord is here. He is always here. Yahweh Roy, he sees. The Lord who sees. Yahweh M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. These are promises. That, these are his names, but they also tell us what he does. And so his names mean something. And then we learn that hollow his name. To hollow his name means your name is holy. Cause your name to be holy. Okay? God has a role in causing his name to be holy by fulfilling the meaning of his name. He can never not be what his name says he is. He can never not do what his name says he does according to his character and his holiness. Okay, so God has a role and cause in his name. And so whenever we pray, the first thing Jesus said to do when you pray is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The very first thing we need to do is acknowledge who we are talking to. And to acknowledge that who we are talking to is a God who is holy he is one of a kind. There's no one else like him. It's not like we're praying to you and then we're going to pray to this, then we're going to pray to that. We're only going to pray to you. There's no one else worthy of praying to. There's no one else who is worthy enough to receive our prayer. So if you're praying to anybody else other than God, you're wasting your time. Anybody else, anything else, you're wasting your time. Matter of fact, when I was a kid, we would never talk back to our parents. My mother's sitting right over here. Uh, we would never talk back to our parents <laughs> because we got whoopings. We got, how many of y'all got whoopings as a kid? Okay. Look at y'all, look at y'all. And you're in church, so it must have worked. <laughs> now, I'm not saying to whoop your kids because there's a whole lot of child protective services, all liability things. I'm not saying to whoop your kids. I'm just telling you what happened to me. And we, we didn't talk back. I mean, this just wasn't an issue. One, one, in my house, we had uh, uh, the kitchen. You could stay in the kitchen. 
and then you can go down a hallway into the living room, or you can go through the dining room and go into the living room. So it was just one circle, okay? And my brother was running around, just running around. He, you know, he was, he just running around. I had two brothers. He was running around. And I said, stop, stop. He was, I don't, I don't remember the whole story. I just remember the part that I'm going to tell you about. He's running around, running around. And I opened the refrigerator or the, the <laughs> as he was coming around the corner, I went, Bam. <laughs> So I hear him, he's crying all the way down the hall to tell my father, and I knew there were going to be consequences and repercussions. Painful, irregrettable consequences and repercussions. So I'm standing there, and my father could come this way, or he could come this way. And I remember just standing there looking at the freezer, trying to use my peripheral vision to see which way he was going to come, and next thing you know, he was on this side, just showed up. The reason I tell you that story is because we never, like, talk back to our parents like that, ever. Now, I've seen it happen, and it's like, like, whoa, how did they, do, how did they get away with that? And then we look at each other and go, think we could do that? We go, nah, nah, that ain't going to happen. But have you ever talked back to your parents or had your kids talk back to you and you, the parent, or your parents say to you, who do you think you're talking to? So, can anybody Amen. You might say, are you insane? You might want to put that bad boy in reverse, start over, regroup, regroup, look at me, and say it again. When you pray to God, if you are not praying to a holy God, one of a kind, who are you talking to? Because you're not talking to him. He's like, you're talking to somebody else because hallowed is my name. I am one of a kind. Now, we look at a couple of names. One was Elohim. Everybody say Elohim. Elohim. When you get to the heem part, feel it right here. Feel it. Just, mm. Let's practice. Go. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Say Elohim. Elohim. Mm. First verse in the Bible. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And by the way, in the beginning, Elohim bara the heavens and earth. Bara means he, he made something from nothing. You and I can't do that. We have to start with something. He can make something literally from nothing. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and earth. Elohim is the strong one, the almighty God, the God who is worthy of our worship. Singular is El. Elohim is plural. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And Moses, when Moses was sent later on, when Moses was sent to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, God spoke to him out of the burning bush. And he said, Moses says, you want me to go deliver two million Jews from Egypt from the Pharaoh? And it's just me by myself. How am I going to do that? He says, I'll be with you. Me and you form a majority. God and you form a majority. And then God said, well, who is, what's your name? When the Israelites asked me, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me, what should I tell him your name is? The Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob, my name is, I am that I am. And he says, my name that you shall know me is by the Lord, Yahweh. By the way, Yahweh is a, a word that no one really knows how to pronounce. It's never been spoken. It's, not, it's an unspeakable word. It's so holy in, in, in the Jewish tradition. Yahweh is just kind of how we say it, or Jehovah, which is really incorrect way of saying it, but it's what we use. 
They had no vowels. It was just four letters, four consonants. But we say Yahweh, the Lord. Everyone say Yahweh. Yahweh. The Lord God is Yahweh Elohim. Say Yahweh Elohim. When you pray, you can say God. There's nothing wrong with that. But be more specific and say Yahweh Elohim. You're talking to the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not just whatever your idea of power is or whatever your idea of some eternal being is. You are talking specifically the God who created the heavens and the earth. That's the God you want to pray to. You do not want to waste your time praying to other gods. You don't want to be, oh, I'll pray to this God, that God, that God. All other gods are false gods. God says, I'm the only one. There's only one me. I'm the only God. I created the heavens and the earth. I am the one you need to honor only. There's only one God. It's according to him. And I'm going to take his word for it. Elohim. So when you pray this, why is this important? Because you want to put your life and your prayer in perspective. Because when you come to God, I assume you're coming to God because you have something you can't handle. Or you realize, just realize that you can't handle life. And, <clears throat> and by the way, you say, well, I can handle life, so I don't need to pray. No, you need to pray because you need to have fellowship with the, your creator so you can know who you are. You can know your purpose. The Bible, Jeremiah 33.3 says, God says, if you call to me, I will tell you great and mighty things you don't know. <laughs> but when you pray and you put God in his place and you find out where your place is, it also puts your problems in perspective. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. A photon, which is where we get the word photography, a photon is the smallest unit of light. It travels 186,000 miles per second. Think about it, 186,000 miles. There's only 3,000 from here in New York, so just multiply it 60 times further than that. Uh, 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 186,000 miles per second. One 1,000. You just went to New York and back 60 times. 63 times. That's fast. Light travels 186,000 miles per second, and the only thing faster than light is darkness running away. Because you've never been in a room or anywhere when the sun comes up where you turn the light on and darkness says, I'm not going anywhere. It always immediately, when you say, our Father who art in heaven, and you acknowledge the almighty God. Everything else that's smaller and inferior to him runs. And you are praying to a God that can handle your problems. And so now we come to the name of Jesus because all the qualities of our Father, Christ has as well. He is also almighty. By the way, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That means this knee and this knee. Both your knees can see. They call it knee-see. Both your knees can see. That was a joke. Y'all missed it and went over here, but that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I'm, I'm secure. Both your knees, both your knees are going to say, and not only both your knees, but every knee on the planet is going to say, Jesus is Lord. Not, I'm getting saved, Jesus is Lord. Most people are going to be like, because more people are going to go to hell than heaven. Unfortunately, we want to try to minimize that, are going to say, oh, he is Lord. My bad, too late. We don't want it to be too late. And so we want to know how do we hollow Jesus' name. Okay, so look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, 23. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child 
and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Everyone say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You see the L at the end? That's God. Emmanuel, which is translated God be, God is with us, or God, God be with us, or God with us. Uh, the first thing you have to do to hollow God's name, or one of the, I shouldn't say the first, one thing where you can hollow Christ's name, or his title, or his identity, is to acknowledge that he was God with us. He says, you're going to have a baby, and he is going to represent God in the flesh with you. If he really is God, the creator of the universe, and by the way, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit were all involved in creation. They were all involved in salvation. They're all involved in judgment. They're all involved in everything together. They're one. You have to acknowledge that he was truly God. Well, people say, well, did Jesus ever say he was God? Oh, yes. He said it by things he did, by things he said. Matter of fact, one day he was in a Bible study. He was actually doing the Bible study. He was just giving the word, which was himself. So he was just talking. He just say, Bible study, just watch me. That's Bible study. <laughs> and by the way, you are the only Bible some people will ever read. So you need to be that Bible study too. People need to learn about how to deal with drama and disappointment and joy in a biblical way by watching your life. Not as much by what you say, by what you do, how you act. So here's Jesus in the Bible study. House is full. There was a paralytic, a paralyzed guy. He had four friends. They tried to get him in the house so Jesus can heal him. The crowd was all the way to the door. They couldn't get him in the house. So they said, we're going to carry you up on the roof, cut a hole in the roof because the roof was clay and mud and dirt and straw. And they're going to lower you down on the bed into the Bible study. And Jesus is going to see you and he's going to heal you. And the guy on the mat, I wasn't there, but he's on the mat going, please don't put me through the hole in the roof. You're going to make me embarrassed. And they said, you're going to do what we say because you can't move anyway, so just be there and we'll take you up. <laughs> We're trying to hook you up. So they cut a hole in the roof. All the people are looking up. Stuff's falling down. And they lower him on his mat through the hole. And the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. He can see your faith, by the way. And he said, pick up your bed and walk. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And the critic says, how can you forgive sins? And by the way, they thought in their mind, who does he think he is? And he, 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 he had a word of knowledge about what they were saying. And he, said, and he said, get up and walk. And he said, no one can forgive sins but God. And Jesus said, implicitly, exactly. That's why I did it. Just want to mess with your mind. I'm God. <laughs> Jesus made uh, afterlife promises. In other words, he says, after I die, I'm going to get up three days. And we're going to talk. So I'll be back in three days. Okay. And then after I die, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit next week. Watch out now. John 16, 7, he says, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsel will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to die, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. You don't know anybody could do that. And then it says, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of guilt and in regard to sin and righteousness. Jesus says, after I die, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to do all this stuff. And by the way, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to judge the righteous and the unrighteous. That's what else I'm going to do after I die. And then I'm going to come back and get my saints. He's a whole bunch of stuff he's going to do after he died. Only God can do that. 
Jesus gave himself titles that made himself equal to God. John 5, 18, he said, my father has been working until now and I have also been working. And they took up stones to stone him because he made himself equal to God by calling God his father. In their context, that's what was made himself equal to God. He also was worshipped. When the devil tempted Jesus, the devil said to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world because they have been delivered to me. The devil said that. The kingdoms of the world were delivered to him when Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve had authority over the world. They sinned, they, gave it, they, they forfeited it to the devil. When you submit your life to the devil or when you disobey God and say, I'm going to do things my way, you place yourself in the devil's care. You go to the bar, you get all drunk at the bar, give me another drink. And you're all night long, all night long, what you're telling the devil is, and what you're telling that 40 ounce or that whatever it is you're drinking is that I am placing my life into your care. Yeah. Pornography, drugs, sleeping around. You are, you are entrusting your happiness and your fulfillment into those things. You're saying, God, I got this. Sex will make me happy. Money will make me happy. Buy a new car will make me happy. And God says, okay, those things will kill you slowly and painfully. The devil said, if you worship me, I will give you all the kings on the earth. Jesus said, you shall worship no one but God alone. Well, then why did Jesus accept worship? Because he was God. When did he accept worship? Well, one of the times his, his disciples were on the sea, rowing a boat, storm came, the waves were going up and down. Jesus was walking on the water, and because the waves were going up and down, he was walking on the water like that. <laughs> Y'all don't know that. You see, you know. And next time you see someone like this, walking like that, how many of y'all seen someone like that? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. It, it might not be in your neighborhood, but you might have seen it on TV. But, <laughs> or downtown or somewhere. You, you want to go up to that person. And say, excuse me, brother. I mean, probably, probably, uh, brother. And, uh, <laughs> or someone who thinks he is, but it's good, it's good. You could, brothers come in all shades, I'm, I'm for real. And you say, do you know where that comes from? What? This, this thing. And if you can't do it, don't do it. <laughs> it's from the Bible when Jesus was walking on the sea and the waves were going up and down, he was, he was bobbing on the sea. Tell him that. He walked on the water. He told Peter, Peter, come out the boat because Peter said it's the, they thought it was a ghost. They said, no, it's Jesus. Peter said, call me. He, and Jesus said, come on. Jesus, Peter walked on the water. <laughs> he sunk because he got distracted with the waves and started thinking about, oh, I'm walking on water. Jesus still standing on the water, picked him up, put him in the boat, got in the boat, and the Bible says they worshipped him. After he rose from the dead, the disciples were talking about, we saw Jesus, he rose from the dead, he rose from the dead. And Thomas, doubting Thomas, said, unless I see the nail prints in his hand, unless I see the spirit print inside, I ain't going to believe it. I don't know about, he ain't rise from the dead. I got to see it myself. I got to touch it myself. While he's running his mouth, in the house, the doors are closed, the windows are closed, the Bible says everything was shut down. He just is in the room. Jesus walks right through the wall. And he goes, what's up? <laughs> Check that out. And Thomas goes, my Lord, my God. They worshipped him. He was worshipped constantly. When he rode it on a donkey, they worshipped him. And so he says, I'm God. I don't need to say it. They're saying it. And I'm not telling them to stop because I'm God. He claimed to have authority over things in heaven. He said, all authority in heaven and earth I have now. The devil doesn't have it anymore. I have it. Why? Because he died and rose from the dead and he defeated the devil in death. 
He says, I have it. You have to, when you get on your knees and pray, and before you say in Jesus' name, as you're praying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am talking to a Lord who is over all. He has to be that. If he's not that, hmm, you're praying to somebody else. And all of us know people who use Jesus' name, they're not honoring it like this. They're saying something else. And it's, they're profaning his name. You know, the Bible says don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's exactly what that is. His name is holy, above all, powerful, almighty. Don't lower it to be one of your friend's names. Don't put it in your conversation as, oh, Jesus, this, and what, oh, Jesus, oh, uh, uh, no, holy, holy. We hallow his name, Yeshua, or Jesus. As a matter of fact, turn to look at Matthew 1, 21. 121 says, bless you. <laughs> Verse 21, she will bring forth a son, Matthew 121, she will bring forth a son and his name will be what? Jesus. What? That's not, that's not how we say Jesus here. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. His name shall be what? That's better, that's better. By the way, whenever I go out and speak um, wherever, I tell people, I, you know, I teach them that. I was in South Africa like three weeks ago, and I, I taught them that. And matter of fact, now, I went last year, so I went to the same place. They were like, Jesus. They were all shouting, and they put it in a song, Jesus, Jesus. They're kind of wearing it out. And um, <laughs> they're like, who's the man? Who's the man? Who's the man? I was like, brother, it's not a song. You can't do that. I love those people, but those people are fired up down there. Anyway, I told them, and what did I tell them? I said, I teach them how to say Jesus, and then I say, look, when you go to heaven, we're going to have our own section. <laughs> Just so you know, when you get there, you might want to check the rocks, we're going to have our own section. And if you can't find it, just listen for Jesus. That's it. We'll be there. Some of y'all are like, is that, is that for real? I mean, could that, <laughs> is it, is that, could that really happen? Jesus or Yeshua, same word, Hebrew version is Yeshua, means Yahweh saves. It means Yahweh saves. God's name is telling you, I want to save you. That's what I do. There are some people who have identified themselves as a victim. Their identity is a victim. No matter what you do or no matter what happens to them, it's always, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's my life and it always happens to me and they didn't like me. People, they have already decided that people don't like them before they meet them. They're probably not going to like me. I probably won't get the job. I probably won't graduate. I probably, I, I probably never get married. I probably never, you know, get a, a raise. Oh, yeah, just, just my life. Now, I'm not trying to be funny, but that's a mentality that some of y'all have. God's not going to love me. God's not going to save me. That's his name. He can't not do that when you cry out to him. And when you get on your knees, all the doubt in your mind needs to dwindle when you acknowledge that that is Yeshua saved, Yahweh saves. 
So you hallow his name by respecting the meaning of his name. Yahweh Roy, God sees. He can't not see you. You are not invisible to him ever. Ever. Luke chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to set captives free, to heal the blind, to preach the gospel to the poor. That is what I, am, I was sent for. So when you get on your knees and you pray and you say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, oh, by the way, Christ, I am also hallowing your name. Holy Spirit, we're going to learn next week, we're going to hallow your name. All of you three are God. Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the multiple uh, plural of El. Lord, you save. You see me. You are my peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. My challenge you want to pray in a minute is that you would say, Lord, I want you and I believe you can save me, my marriage, my life, my soul, my soul. I was making pizza yesterday. I have a, a routine where I eat pizza every Friday night. And then I eat pizza, the leftovers on Saturday. <laughs> I love pizza. Pizza is from God. <laughs> and by the way, you have, to you have to kind of understand when I'm saying stuff that's just my opinion, like pizza's from God. I mean, don't like take that literally. Like Forrest Gump, I don't, he wasn't a Christian necessarily, but I didn't really mean he was a saved, born-again person. He, his spirit was just so Christ-like to me. He was just such a humble guy, didn't, didn't hold on to anything. But pizza's from heaven. <laughs> and football is from heaven. So, so I put the pizza in the oven. We got this little, the, the little tiny oven, that, like the little, little one like that. The, I, I don't, what's it called? Toaster oven. There you go, toaster oven. So I put it in a toaster oven, and I went upstairs, and it, it has a timer, so I don't, have to, I don't have to watch it. And I figured the time, I'm running downstairs, I hear it ding. And then one of the slices, because we got it from a different place, they cut it real thin, and it fell through, and it was burning. So I opened it up, and smoke just starts going throughout the house. And I'm like, uh-oh, the alarm is going to go off. So I start putting open the windows and the doors, and the wind's blowing. I'm like, get the smoke out of here. Then I realized we had the heat sensor alarms. Because some alarms, if they smell smoke, they start, and they start spraying water, and the fire trucks come, and you just have smoke. We had the ones where it's heat, because even though it appeared to be a fire, the, the sensors will say, no, unless I feel heat, it's not a fire. Even though it may smell like fire. You know, you may, have, you may be having fun with your life and appear to be happy and appear to be okay, but unless your sin is forgiven... You're not good with God. You don't want to fool yourself to think, I'm happy, I'm, I'm, I got a good job, and everything's going good, and therefore God is pleased and good with you. I'm not saying he doesn't love you. He loves you tremendously. But has he forgiven you? Do you have relationship? We want to give you that opportunity. I want to read some titles of God to you, and then we're going to pray. Because we need to know... Again, there's over 200 titles and names Jesus has. But we just need to know a few of them. Chief cornerstone of the church. He holds it all together. Firstborn over all creation. Head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. No denomination. 
no person, no board of governors, Jesus. He's the Holy One, the Judge, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Light of the World. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace, which means that he will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? You're sitting, standing out in front of your house and your girlfriend is driving away in your car with your dog, your golf clubs to go to her boyfriend's house. And you're like, thank you, Lord. I don't know why I'm not tripping right now. Why I'm not in that car right now. I am not telling you to shoot at a car. I'm just saying. It's what someone happened in the movie, okay? He's the Prince of Peace. He can say, your whole world may be falling apart. I, it is my name. Yahweh Shalom, the Lord of Peace. That's my name. You can't have God's peace without God's presence. When you have his presence, you have access to his peace. He's the son of God, the son of man, the word, the word of, the word of God, the word of life, the Alpha, the Omega, the Emmanuel, the I am, the Lord over all, the true God, the author and perfecter of our faith, the bread of life, the bridegroom, the deliverer. Do you know what a deliverer does? It's not a trick question. It's one word. What is a, a deliverer does what? Delivers. Saves. Redeemer means get you out of jail. How many of you have never been in a jail, whether a visitor or incarcerated for something you did wrong? You've never been in a prison cell. You should go. <laughs> you should find a prison ministry and go and say, I would like to go in jail, visit inmates, and can someone put me in a cell? And by the way, you'll feel that when you walk in because the doors will close behind you as you walk into the facility. But then you want to see if you can go inside a cell and have them close the door. And why would I want to do that? Appreciate what you have. And to realize that that physical cell is only a microcosm of the spiritual prison people are in. And only God can open that door. And when you're in that cell, you have to ask someone else to open that door. You are not opening that door. Jesus is the deliverer. He's a good shepherd. The hireling or the bad shepherd runs when the wolves come. Jesus laid his life down for the sheep when the wolves came. He's the high priest. He's the Lamb of God, the mediator. He prays on your behalf. He is praying for you right now. He is praying for you right now. Somebody in here right now, God is saying, man, I pray they give their life to me. I pray they let me be Savior in their life. He's the resurrection and life. He's, he's the rock. He's Savior. He's a true vine. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the true way to life. If you hollow his name, you are saying, Lord, I acknowledge who you are. I respect who you are. I am submitting myself to who you are. I trust you and nobody else. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you. Yeshua, we thank you for being God. Yeshua, we thank you that your name, your character, your identity says Yahweh saves. Lord, you know everybody listening in all our campuses, North County, East County, San Isidro, microsites, Coronado, here in Point Loma, people online, you know everyone. And your name, Yeshua, says you want to save us. 
not only forgive us of our sin for the first time, but you want to save us from the drama we create every day in our life. As we walk with you, you want to save us from our misconceptions of our relationship with you. If you realize it's time for you to surrender and honor his name, his purpose, his character, his identity by allowing him to save you, deliver you, set you free, bring light into your life. I want you to pray this prayer with me, a prayer of surrender. In the privacy of your heart, say, Jesus, Yeshua. I believe you are the savior of the world. I believe you loved me, that you died and rose from the dead for my sin. Yeshua, please forgive me. Yeshua, send the Holy Spirit into my heart. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my soul. Please save me. Thank you, God. Be my Savior and my God and my Lord. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And by standing, you are honoring the name of Jesus and that he is your Savior your deliverer, your rock. You are acknowledging that you are honoring him as your savior. So if you pray that prayer, wherever you are, whatever campus you're in, if you're watching online, wherever you're seated, if you pray that prayer, I'm just going to ask you right now to stand to your feet and acknowledge his forgiveness in your life. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you, 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 very good, God bless you, God bless you, we see you all over, we see you in the balcony, we see you all on every level, God bless you, God bless you.